The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Whispering egg. Having an egg whip. Let's open this up. Oh my god, it's one up ship! It's ripping my goddamn throat out! Alright. Hey everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. Don't fuck with those whispering eggs. Uh I'm Michael Swaim, a stalwart explorer of the space we call Interactive Media. No one calls it that. We talk about video games here. It's one upsmanship. I'm Adam Ganser, still stunned by yes. this. By Flustered this. you. Yeah, by this Nailed intro. Yeah. Was, that's how you dom as a podcast host, <laughs> is you get them to have a second of awkward silence because they're so flabbergasted by what you just <laughs> whipped out. My God, yeah. Um, you got it. Was that not, did that not scan the whispering egg, the it, horrible it, things come out of? Funny you enough. You know what I'm talking about. Funny enough, it only kind mm-hmm. of did. It took mm-hmm. me a little bit. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Uh, yeah. Funny well, enough. I know our guest knows what I'm talking about yeah. uh, because he's such a pro mm-hmm. that he stifled the gauss of uproarious laughter that obviously my bit should have triggered <laughs> um, for the sake of decorum. And I really appreciate that. But now you can speak. Please say, hey, special guest. Hey, special guest. My name is Cody and I got your bit immediately. <laughs> But you're Excellent. right, I was being polite. <laughs> Although I guess being polite would be like laughing louder, right? 
Well, it's kind of how you define it, really. Podcast yeah. etiquette's very specific. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want you know. I didn't want to speak up before being introduced. It's your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all, mm-hmm. all we sorts appreciate of things that. went in to me Thanks, not dude. vocally saying I understand your whispering egg reference. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Great. No, it's not a Gwyneth Paltrow product. It's from the game No Man's Sky. Uh, that was a vaginal egg reference. Did yeah. that scan? Yeah. I'm going to stop every time I try a bit and make sure it's scanned. Yeah. Understood that one. Uh, yeah. Great. Really okay. good. Really good. So we're, yeah. yeah. We're talking about yeah. No Man's scan. Sky from Hello That's Games. One, too. <laughs> from, uh, no, from No Man's Sky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a game famously that launched quite some time ago to a certain amount of uproar of people saying there's nothing here. There's, it's not enough of a game but then has been um, very robustly supported. So we're checking in with it now-ish. We've all played it fairly recently. Um, And so we've played a pretty robust version of No Man's Sky, enough that we feel like, yes, they're going to keep adding stuff on, but it's ready to cover. This baby's cooked enough to cover. We feel like we understand what No Man's Sky was as, as an experiment and an endeavor now. So we know Codes played a lot of it, and we figured we'd have them on to talk about it. Always appreciate you taking the time. Folks listening may know Cody from his showdy. Uh, some more news. If you don't, check that out. I noticed Gamefully are doing plugs at the beginning now, so I'm going to start Ooh. ripping them off and doing some plugs at the beginning. But let's dive in and talk No Man's Sky. Adam, is that all right with you? Oh, it's perfectly fine. You might also know him sure. from, uh, from that one sketch we did called Slorp. Mm. <laughs> you might remember mm-hmm. that one. That's, That's probably or the or the puddle of mud sketch. Oh, Slurp and puddle of mud are the I big know him two from that. that. Know. <laughs> yeah. I know him from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is uh, that means we pass our first checkpoint, which in terms of this game, I guess means we. Uh, I'll say I, I teleported to the space station and immediately got that backpack mm-hmm. upgrade. Mm-hmm. You got to get mm-hmm. always first. Got to get it first. Second, you hit a star system, uh, and that takes us to a segment called "Tell Me Like I'm Eight Bit." where we implore our special guest to explain this game in objective terms, not so much your, uh, your experience of the game as much as like if someone's never heard of this game, what is No Man's Sky in a nutshell? Please, Cody. Uh, no Man's Sky is an open-world sandbox-style game that includes an entire galaxy and other galaxies where you can uh, explore and land on and mine uh planets with fantastic landscapes and atmosphere <laughs> to gain items and upgrades for your ships and weapons in a slight narrative way um and i lost my train of thought <laughs> furthermore i love it mm-hmm. furthermore mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is how you know it's he's a performer who's fully comfortable on stage, does not feel the need to Mm -hmm. even be entertaining or engaging. To Uh, I would say uh, it's it's a uh, an open world GTA Red Dead Redemption style game in space. Oh, Oh. Uh, Red Dead Redemption style style. To be clear, I didn't get get far enough in the story. Do you get tuberculosis at the end? Uh huh. Space tuberculosis. Space tuberculosis. Space gangs. Uh, I would say you losing your train of thought is appropriate for the summary of this. Exactly. Yes. That is also true. Yeah. Yes. Also <laughs> Got a lot of mixed feelings about this game. Right. That's right. All right. So good alley-oop there. Let's move on from this segment. <laughs> um, 
I think that's mostly true. Yeah, I, sure. I, I think we should say it, it came out originally in 2016, and it was the most hyped indie game in a very long time. When it because came out. specifically, yeah. thanks to a new hip thing called procedural generation, which is still struggling to find a mainstream place in most games. Yeah, but it's an exciting technology. This was one of the first games alongside another uh, famous flop, Spore, that had mm. that was really touting the promise of procedural generation in order to make an, something of infinite scope. So they, it was a hugely enticing to gamers because they said it's going to be a galaxy of literally like almost infinite size with planets in each system. And we're like, that's crazy. And then, Adam, you tell them what happened then. <laughs> <laughs> they released it. Uh, it was uh, broken and mm-hmm. boring, mm-hmm. according to many. And uh, they spent it's what seems like six years uh, basically fast, fastening yeah. buttresses onto this game to make it a full, robust experience. And uh, we're going to talk about how successful they were or were not at this point. It wasn't even uh, just broken. It was missing features. That it was missing features. Yeah. Talked about. And, right. And touted. Um, it was a little bit of like the scandal of cyberpunk is sort of a, a bigger version of the scandal mm-hmm. of this game where a certain thing was promised and what was delivered was uh, hilariously not that. And I believe crowdfunding was involved in the initial creation yeah. of the game, so people yeah. were pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should pass our next Shoot. checkpoint and get into Alrighty. our spicy takes about this game, the Gamer uh-huh. Rants. I would like to invite Michael Swain to go first. <gasps> I would. Oh, okay. I would love you to go <clears throat> first. Would you mind? So, yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, not mind. So I'll go first, and I'm player one, and I'm plugging in. And these are the rants where we give our subjective view of the game with a priority for hot takes, because people love them. They mm. lap them up, the salty dogs. But, uh... I don't have an especially hot take on this. My true emotional response is, well, first a bit about my history with the game. I, I heard about the scandal, so I didn't play it for many years. So I, I obsessively do play through. I, I do a fresh playthrough of the games we're going to cover on this show as much as I can. So even though I played this, I had three goes the first time. Played for about eight hours. I was like, there's not enough here still. It was a couple games uh, years after the game came out. Second time, maybe four years, four and a half, five years after the game came out, I played it again and I really got sucked in and I sank about 40, 45 hours in. Still not as much as you could sink into an endless procedurally generated sandbox game, but that was how long it kept my interest before I was like, I think I get it. It would be more grander versions of this in a chain until I tire of it. Um... And that's that ain't too shabby. I, I'll take 45 hours of entertainment out of uh, a game I purchased for sure. And then I replayed it a third time for about 15 hours just to prep for this. And I think I've sort of gone on a, a bell curve of experience. And I want to try and speak to the middle of that experience because I do feel like the most genuine. That was the I do have to knock them because, of course, the package was sort of fumbled. But that was the experience they obviously meant to present, and it did work on me. So I'm going to try and project myself back to the time when the game worked on me and I liked it. Mm. The most negative thing I'll say about it, or the spiciest thing I'll say, is that this game sort of starts with the lonely, depopulated feeling that Fallout games end with for me. This game almost starts with a feeling of like not many people in the universe have too much to say. 
um, and they mostly stand still or do a simple loop and you can come visit them anytime. And there's no such thing as a hyper-populated planet. Like, even though there are, you can land on an infinite number of planets, they all have the exact same population density, which is like there's a ruin or a point of interest every mile or so. And then, and then most people live on space stations. And in a game that's light on lore and world building, I had to sort of use my imagination. And you end up with a story that's not there at all. But I'm like, of, or unless it is. So that's my question I'll end on. Uh, is that that there's this depopulated universe where where things are mostly like closing up shop. It reminded me of the feeling I got playing Outer Wilds mm. where it feels like the end of a decaying universe, but it's funny because I don't even know if Hello Games wants me to feel that way. I think they want me to feel the awe and thrill of exploring space, but it also has this lonely melancholy vibe because there's almost no story. And I And I do think that that's... A problem I'll always have with sandbox survival games and procedural genera- uh, generation in general is how do you tie a story to that? <clears throat> and it's tricky. And different people have handled it different ways. Hades recently handled it in a way everyone kind of agreed is very graceful and interesting. But uh, that's my only knock. Like I, I think it's really inspirational how much they've supported it. All the systems they've added are really truly additive and are enough to make me go back to the game and try it again. Oh, I heard they added this. I want to try that. And there are some indelible moments in the game loop that do truly feel like what I want out of a space exploration game and the way they wanted me to feel. For example, going into hyperspace or the first time you lift off and traverse from the planet's surface into space without there being a load screen You Mm -hmm. can't overstate that that's something we've always wanted out of a space exploration game. I wanted it back when I played Freelancer, which I think is underrated, or like um, all the way back in the day, like Escape Velocity or what have you. Um, Any kind of like you're going to explore a whole galaxy game. The main thing I've always wanted is the seamless transition from standing on the ground to being in space. And this gives it to you in a way that is good. It's impactful. I felt really cool. And, uh, And I tried it in VR this time to prep for this oh, yeah. and man it, it feels awesome in VR it feels really sick to go from the ground to space or space to the ground um, but at the same time I I I don't like that lonely hollow feeling and I don't mm. think it's that there aren't enough systems there I think it's that there isn't enough focus on story there and you can tell there never was going to be that's not what their goal was and that's where it shifts away from what I ultimately want or like what I always hope a Star Trek simulator is going to mm-hmm. be like what I hope Starfield will be. My perfect version of this is a little less survival loopy because I'm not that much of a survival guy, but overall cool. I have more to say. I'll save it for, this is a pretty innocuous rant. I'm sorry. I have big, important stuff to say, but I'll save it for game on end of rant. Um, I uh, would agree with a lot of what you said. Um, and my experience with the game was, uh, kind of similar in that I found out about the game and I was very excited because it seemed really up my alley and like my jam. Uh, heard about the disappointment, haven't didn't play it until about a year and a half, two years ago, um, and had a great experience with it. It had all the things that I wanted, but like you, it slowly started to feel empty and a little too wistful. And I think that's partially by design. Um, I know that the creator wanted this sort of like expansive kind of lonely experience of exploring the galaxy. 
and he nailed that. But then I think people just don't want to necessarily play that for too long. And so you have to add all these layers to it. You have to add the sense of a story. And I think even the story, I don't know how much, Michael, you actually finished of the story, but it is that. It is this sort of end of the universe thing. I was going to say, emptiness. for all I know, I didn't get far enough to know what the actual reveal of the story is. So it probably is that. Okay. So yeah. Well, like, I mean, I guess spoilers, but like the, uh, the basic idea of the universe is that it's a, a constantly looping simulation. Um, and they're all, all the simulations are connected to each other. So you're sort of talking to these echoes of past simulations and past like players in the game, but it is this sort of constant fake loop, um, Mm. which, uh, is a neat idea. And I think makes the game make sense. Like it makes all the mechanics of the game make sense. Um, in in the context of, of the actual gameplay, like, oh, I guess you don't, you do this because it's a simulation. So it doesn't matter. But because of that, it also kind of doesn't matter. So it feels emptier because it is essentially just uh, a fake loop Games over and over a game. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it feels a little disconnected from the universe that they want you to be excited about exploring. Um, but uh, like you, I think when I played it, I, I like I threw in a bunch of hours into it because uh, the stuff that they added over time made that slow experience last longer um, of realizing like, oh, okay, I guess it would just be this over and over again. Less interested. You know, I, if you finish the story and like, I guess I got to do this over and over again and fly to the center of the universe to get to another galaxy. And then I would just keep doing that over and over and over again. You could build bases, which is fine. Um, but to what I was saying earlier when I was like, oh, it's like GTA uh, or Red Dead Redemption in space. But minus like, a lot of the depth and uh, intricacies that make those games really great and, and replayably fun. So uh, again, it's this sort of like when I hear about the game, Oh, the idea of that's really, really cool. I want to play that, but it doesn't quite nail it. And I've, I've the easiest way, I guess for (laughs) to sum up my opinion of the game generally is like, it's a very beautiful looking wide pool but it's also still very shallow. Um, mm. I think the, mm-hmm. the game itself needs a lot more depth in these little updates that it gives. Cause a lot of the updates are not necessarily just cosmetic, but it is just sort of, it's sort of widening the pool. It doesn't deepen the pool. And I think games like this really need something much deeper for you to uh, constantly be exploring and diving down into, and then diving back up to keep uh, the game engaging and interesting. Um, so, yeah, I find myself falling off of the game pretty uh, easily because it doesn't have that depth that I think a lot of other games would have. And uh, what is the promise of an infinite galaxy if you're not like the thing you salivate over when they announce it is that, oh, I could play this for the rest of my life and it could be interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's not really. that. But it's not. Yeah, it doesn't quite have the even the connection between players um, isn't quite right for that for that thing of like oh a space game that's expansive and uh procedurally generated and i can play it online i can fly around i can do whatever uh like you said oh i do that i play that game forever but it doesn't have some elements that are required of that like it's not quite like minecraft i think is a game that 
can stick around forever because it has a lot of depth. Um, but this, I think, just needs... There are a bunch of ideas that like could be implemented, I think, that could really uh, make the game much better. But, which isn't to say I don't like mm. the game, uh, to be clear. I really, really enjoyed it. It accomplishes quite a bit. Um, even, like, one of the most recent updates, updating combat. It's like, yeah, you made it better. You made the combat better. But it doesn't quite nail... You know, I want to play, like, uh, a mix of, like, uh, like GTA and SimCity and uh, different types of strategy games. And I want to go on Halo-type missions. Like, I want, like, all of these... I want all games in <laughs> but space. But also, they're not all mediocre and compromised. Every element is as good as a AAA version that just focused on that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, like with, for example, like the uh, the settlement stuff. Very cool. Add settlements, add little towns that you can manage, right? But what it is, is every hour and a half, you go and say yes or no to a question to make a decision of the town. It doesn't have like the intricacies and the depth of like town management that would make that element uh, actually uh, enjoyable for a long time or interesting even. Well, okay, brace well yourselves because it's Adam's turn. <laughs> and we're, I'm, I feel like we're going to pile on this game. I thought we liked this I, game. I do. Go ahead, Adam. Also, I, really enjoyed, yeah. I also but, thought, yeah. you, I thought you guys liked this game better than you do. Uh, okay, player three, plugging in. I played this game right when it came out in 2016 for 50 hours. I played oh, yeah. it again. Whoa. I played it again uh, at Mike's behest to cover it for about 30 hours. It sounds like I've played it the most out of all of us, which is shocking to me. It's um, I've probably uh, played more than you. Okay. When, when, right. I, when, I, when I first got it, I, I like really put in Great. some time. Great. Um, so, but yes, certainly the first version. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, so, okay. Um, this, I remember the trailer for this game very vividly. The trailer was, you're in this lush world that feels like space Jurassic Park, and then you hop in your ship, like, after you've, like, been seeing all this amazing shit, you're like, oh, this is great. Then you hop in a ship and actually make it out of the atmosphere and fly to another planet, and it's like, whoa! Like, it promised the idea of, the, of reality, as far as you can imagine it, you're going to encounter it. That's what was promised. You know, like you're going to really mm -hmm. see the galaxy. And here's what the game does well. It does the space travel sequences really well. Those are good. Mm -hmm. um, it does the landscape and the feeling of running around a place that very few people have been really well. Um, it does... The mining stuff is like pretty fun, I would say. But in general, it's not a fun game to play. It's never been a fun game to play. It's always been kind of a series of like cool loading screens and the gameplay loop is managing a menu. That's what it is. It's just menus. It's a bunch of menus. You're going to this place, here's some menus. You go to this place, here's some menus. You go fly to the space station, here's some menus. Here's a bunch of text that's largely gibberish uh, or esoteric, you know, talks about this is what, you know, the universe means or whatever. Lore. Yeah. Right. And like the lore is boring. It's not interesting. Um, and then, you know, you can learn new words so that the gobbledygook becomes words. But even when you learn the entire sentence that they're saying, it's still esoteric nonsense because this, this team is not big enough to deliver the game that we want from it. And I don't blame them for that. 
honestly. I don't blame them for capitalizing on this. I'm happy for them that they got people interested in this game that otherwise wouldn't exist at the level it does without all the interest. I feel bad for them that people eviscerated them because they were disappointing. And I would say this is one of the most disappointing game experiences I've ever had. I really thought this was going to be awesome. I was all in on how awesome this is. And I think that uh, the lessons I've learned from it are procedural generation is not the same thing as design. It is not a substitute for design. Um, I would say a great counterpoint to this game in every way is Subnautica. Subnautica is pristine where this game fails in almost every way. Um, with the exception of the fact that this game has some combat that I'm not super excited about. Some people are. That's fine. Um, Mm. But I would say, in general, every place you go in Subnautica has been crafted to discover stuff, to have a unique experience. Almost every time I land on a planet, it's hostile and it's barren, and, you know, seven other species have been there, and there's the same airport and the same, like, you know, Gek mythological artifact and the same tower that I need to blast out to find all the bits. And it's the same yeah, There's like nine thing. things and they're distributed uniformly and they're the same. across the universe. And it's like, yeah, and, it's one experience <laughs> right. kind of uh, painted over a little bit. And ulti- yeah. Right, it feels like lipstick on a pig, honestly. And like, I, that's, a, that's like a really old phrase, but like it's perfectly <laughs> applied to this game. Is that from like, the fucking Clinton era? <laughs> no, dude, it's from like the fucking depression. Put lipstick on a pig. It's like from the depression, which is how I felt yeah. when I played this game. Mm. Uh, like, so I, bear in mind, I don't think it's bad. I just think that people who really like it are sort of defending all the pieces they've added to it as being, but see, it's got all this now. And I think Cody nailed it when he's like, yeah, this is uh, like 10 miles wide and an inch deep. Like they never get to a loop that's actually satisfying. They just add new places to get more menus to toy with, you know? And like, ultimately I don't want to play games and menus. I don't want to do that. That's my problem with Fallout, which is much, much better than this game for being an engaging loop. You know, like Fallout has a lot more interactivity to it that I enjoy than this game does. This game, I'm literally just copying one thing to another place, and then I did it. I invented the thing that's, that added, mm-hmm. to my, added to my space back. Now I can make this thing with the item that you could... You, it could be a different icon. It could be a different word right. that it's called. It's the same sort of who gives combining things. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? And so, again, the joy of that experience was captured, I think, perfectly by Subnautica, where I have to find specific pieces, and then I get a tangible like item from that that I create. And just the creation experience being out in the world instead of in a menu is inherently more satisfying. Um, I know that sounds like a really nitpicky thing, but like it's in, it's emblematic of the problem with this game which is it doesn't have the capacity to be a fun interactive 3d experience it doesn't have the underlying engine for that and it never did and it never will i wouldn't mind if they made a no man's sky 2 and i would buy it i would buy it as long as i knew that a lot of things that they put into menus they were going to gamify after that um and i've again i've gave this game a very good long chance i bear it bear it no will will I just don't think that it delivers on the fun aspect of the premise that it's promising. And that's my right. I know this is not the format, but I got to ask Cody as someone who I know does like survival games. Is that different from any are not, aren't all survival games combine the things to make the thing to combine the things to make the thing. Isn't that fine? Isn't that the loop that we enjoy? They are like that, but the mechanics within the game are different. I would say Hmm. Um, and there's a more clear, um, 
like uh sequence of events to get you to that item it it does seem like you're sort of just mashing text together yes like for like minecraft for example it's like well logically this goes together with this and if you have and you make this shape and there are these recipes that you have to sort of uh nail down and there's uh simplicity to it but there's also it's like minecraft i think is there's simplicity to it but there's also depth to it um that keeps it engaging for me personally i know no no uh, i think i can explain why but i want to get us to the break so that we can really engage in this so yeah it was the same instinct so let's uh hit the break we'll be right back with game on where we just continue the conversation hope you'll join us Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. The rage has subsided. We're back now. Now we can talk about what's the difference between this menu-based game and the other ones. So I think, to me, Cody, the thing that's interesting about Minecraft or Subnautica or even Rust or whatever, like these other games, is that... Mm -hmm. In general, when I create something, it becomes a usable tool or a usable item that then changes mm-hmm. the interactivity, like it adds to the loop of it. In general, that's not true of almost everything in No Man's Sky. It, As what just occurred to me, it's all set up, no payoff. Yes. That's the problem, is you invent magnetized plating. Whereas in Minecraft, when you finally build a boat, now you can go on the water. Mm-hmm. Like right. it does something. Right. You, yeah. right, you have these sort of... Uh, built in like you have your ship you have your your gun and you have your suit and then you upgrade those things but you don't make anything new you can't like mm-hmm. craft new weapons you can add like components to, to them. them you can yeah. add components to them you can add like oh now i can shoot like this but you're not actually making 
anything. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's that sort of text mm-hmm. menu issue where like, well, you're putting skin on this, um, but you're not, you're not making the bones, you know, uh, and being able to manipulate said bones. So they, they have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> manipulate the bones. They have added a few things that I haven't tinkered around with too much. Like apparently, I think there is some form of land transportation now that didn't exist. Like you yes. can yeah, make, there's vehicles, yeah. exocraft and stuff, and yeah. pets, yeah. But even those are like not every things single... you make. They're things you like. Oh, I earned it via this mission. Now I have right. this. And, and it is every this single sort of one of thing. them can be characterized as really exciting. And you strive to create it, and you create the pad and the car or whatever. And then if you tinker with it for about forty-five minutes, you're like, okay, I yes. get it. It's a car. It, it there's nothing to do with it beyond that. In right. every case, with all the well, systems, that's they all have. the things. Yeah, even the <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the freighter stuff, or like I was saying, the um the settlement stuff. Where it's like, oh, oh you cool. get your own fleet of ships yep. that works for right. you eventually, and right. it barely matters. And right. now you have it. It's like okay, and now oh, I've got the oh, I found this town. Very cool. Oh, now I've I've saved it from the the sentinels or whatever. Now I'm in charge. Now I do this, and now. I, I'm just oh, gonna forget the about the this. Chain. You know, okay, uh, the fleet stuff. Yeah. Even like, oh, you can you can uh, build a fleet and you can have these frigates, and then you send the frigates on missions. Okay, once you do that once, it's like, well, I just select the ship and I say go on a mission, and then three hours, twenty four hours later, I come back and I get some rewards. Right, and they're like, and we those bought rewards back. Here's the credits. Yeah, yeah. and mo- <laughs> most of the time, it's like, oh, this this fucking rock that I can make into a different kind of rock you know um, it, it, was, it doesn't have a physical like a tangible sort of uh yeah it's a lot of loops it's a lot of loops that exist as mini games in triple a games like the one you just described for instance has been in assassin's creed for a pretty long time or various assassin's creeds where you know i capture a ship right in assassin's creed 4 mm. now that ship works for me and they go on these mm-hmm. missions and basically they're there to just give you more resources which you need for upgrades right. there's Background some dice rolls sort of stuff, yeah. yeah maybe some of them die yeah, yeah. on the way back but you get a reward yeah and that's yeah. fine and like it adds to the story of it in in a ancillary way but ultimately it's just like a, te- a chore that you manage and mm-hmm. I, and I feel like and I love chore games you got to yeah. you got to do your chores yeah right i like them too like i enjoyed um the game that Mike and I just played, uh, Sundu Va- Sardu Valley, excuse me, Stardew Valley. I've uh, been playing that for oh, right, a while. and it's great. I love oh, the great. I love the chores in that because they are mm-hmm. immediately rewarding. Uh, yes. And I feel like in this game, like fundamentally, there the planets aren't anything. If the planets were something in this game, it would the entire oh. thing would be different. Hey. Spoiler, planets have oceans. Like, imagine if you could fly right. down and then build a sub and do a subnautica mm-hmm. on a planet. Like, yeah, it's interesting that the planet's Star Trek style. Every planet is just one biome, mm-hmm. and they all basically have a very similar topography and a similar population density. So, and I they don't fixed know. it. Yeah, once you yeah. go again, it's, yeah, it's like once you do 50 planets, like, well, You've done I've it. seen every type of planet. I've, yeah. And yeah. even the ones that are like, oh, it's this type of planet, but the colors are a little different. It's like, okay, <laughs> but the colors are different. I mean, I, they also had to sort of dial that in a little bit because I remember very, again, very distinctly when the game first came out in 2016, they had these like Island of Dr. Moreau abominations that would be created by the procedure generation. To the point where okay, procedurally generated animals are hilarious. Well, they are hilarious. We all agree yes. about that. But yeah. like, I don't want to pay sixty dollars to see the monster art. You know what I mean? Like, do you? Mm-hmm. Is it that mm-hmm. funny to you? 
Well, that was what, so Spore was the same idea, but instead of focusing on Galaxy, it was focused on gene splicing and who was going to make any kind of animal. And uh, the shit it pumped out was just like, this is only good for making ridiculous abominations that you laugh at. Right. It's just silly. It looks silly. Like, okay, that's fun. But it doesn't uh, create like an immersive sort of experience. No. Look at these goofballs on this colorful planet. They (laughs) They did. They got it so that it worked better. Like now you don't get as many things that look like, uh, like again, Island of Dr. Moreau or Turok rejects or something like, so it's better, but also like the game assumes that, Hey, seeing the thing is pretty fun, isn't it? And my answer is no, uh, it isn't, it's fine. But like being able to use it for some purpose or going down into exploring the planet in some depth is what I really want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they seeing the Nexus is fun. It's the pretty. Nexus is, but again, the Nexus is just another series of menus. It's a colorful place with do you a bunch want, of menus. Do you think part of our impression that it's shallow comes from the fact that, because if you haven't played it, um, I'd say it's pretty, especially for the budget and the size of the team involved. Very pretty. 100%. It's intentionally designed to be sort of a friendly, uh, bright colors, almost MGMT or nerfy. Um, yeah, it's space. got a little cartoonish element to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Would you? Would we be taking it more seriously if it was gritty and realistic? Is that part of it? Uh, I like. Uh, I like the color scheme and I, I like the space okay. feeling of it. Honestly, I like it too. It's um. He and I know the the creator describes it. And I think he nailed this aspect of it, which I think is uh, largely the problem with the game, which is that originally it was like, no, you can fly around. That experience that uh, Michael you described at the beginning. Of like, yeah, you lift off and you go and you're like, you're, you're flying into space. There's no load menu. Like the ship is the load menu. You're in there. You're going here. You're seeing all these landscapes. You're landing down. You're collecting resources, but mostly you're just sort of, it's almost this explorative, meditative uh, game that I think he wanted it to be where you can uh, stumble upon and create your own images that look like, uh, like 50s sci-fi covers. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah. I he's talked about before, yeah, where it's yeah, like you yeah. have this sort of like 50s, 60s serialized sci-fi kind of vibe to just the aesthetic of it, which I think is accomplished. But that yeah. was the goal with the game. And then when you're adding all these other things to it, which again, like I enjoy certain aspects of it and it does make the game, it does make me get bored with the game uh, in a longer amount of time. It takes me longer to get bored with it because of all these things. But ultimately, it is still this sort of look at this. Um, and that's pretty. It's, yeah. And it's like a great tragedy of my life as a gamer, because if people don't listen to our other pods, I'm like Star Trek's a big part of my life. I love Star Trek. And I, it's all I want from a gaming experience is like the pinnacle version of this. And I'll tell you, when I play the other ones where the, I'm sure someone listening to this is thinking, well, you guys play Eve Online or play Elite Dangerous. And it is a. Uh, Almost it overcorrects the other way where it's so technical mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, but I didn't want to play World of Warcraft either. I didn't right. want to manage a bunch of spreadsheets in space. Um, dang, I wish there was the pitch perfect thing. In it the feels middle. like, like Starfield is yeah. supposed to be that game. Maybe Starfield yeah. will be that game. But so yeah. like, yeah. I, I think we're also forgetting that the, like, they pivoted really hard away from what the game was supposed to be. What the game was supposed to be in 2016 is everyone is going to find their own planet. You will never meet another player. Like it's just right. you out in the galaxy. That's it. And the problem yeah, you med- is meditative. Right. Yeah, that's and, kind of the goal. And they had to abandon it because number one, 
if they put actually nothing on most planets, which is what would normally happen, you would quit the game immediately. So instead, you're you always you're always yeah. running into aliens <laughs> who've already fucking been there. So it's like I'm not discovering shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't say that to belittle them. I'm saying like it's a tricky they, problem. Yeah, yeah, they 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 promise the thing that something in us wants, but it's a bad game idea. I think, and I think they realized that after their initial release. So instead, they're like, now we're going to add a ton of social things, but they didn't build the infrastructure to make those social things rewarding because they don't have time to or the size to. So instead, it's just like adding a bunch of traversal possibilities and menus to read through. Be- yeah. Because at its core, like I can't, for instance, go kill any Gek that I want to. A thing that I'm not saying you should be able to do, but in Fallout, I could. Right? And right. that adds a lot mm. to it. The fact that like you can, you have a fundamental... like that fundamental possibility of altering the game landscape in that way makes every one of these text interactions interesting, you know? Uh, right. Or if you strip like Eve online has the tension of there's been news articles written about it, right? Like clans can build and build and then betray other clans mm-hmm. and huge amounts of credits are stolen. And there's like bitter rivalries and shit. Um, this doesn't have that as much. I do want to say, I think the base building is pretty good. Yeah, pretty I good. like the flatten mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. I like the variety of blah, blah, blah. And, and, and something about procedural generation that I, I kind of want us to talk about procedural generation as a tool yeah, sure. as a whole. Cause I feel like something that we're, we've danced around is it does beget a lack of dynamics and a lack of specificity, right? Because if you're building something out of a bunch of Legos that you have to shake the box first and build them in whatever order they fall, you can't have specific design things and you get this weird paradox, right? So this is a sandbox designed to be infinitely replayable for a million hours. And yet I would sooner play Red Dead Redemption again, which is funny because Red Dead Redemption is an extremely limited specific story that I should in theory only play once. And then I, oh, oh, that's in my brain. I can just Mm -hmm. remember it. Yet it's more engaging because it has dynamics. My thing with procedural generation is everything becomes a, uh, what do you call it? A homogenized, like they reach a medium. Where you like every experience is a medium experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you set these really weird parameters, which No Man's Sky failed to do. Like, you know, or unless you handcrafted some weird systems that you run into or whatever. Instead, they really trusted in procedural generation and they stuck to that everything is procedurally generated. And on the one hand, it's mind blowing to me. For example, I don't even, I can't fathom still, I kind of don't understand how. <laughs> I could go to a specific place on a specific planet and then create a tiny divot in the ground with my mining tool. And then I could fly 25,000 systems away and then come back years later and find that spot on the planet. And that divot would still be there. Not only would that divot be there, but I could use the restore tool, which means the computer remembers the history of every piece of dirt in every planet in the galaxy. Like, procedural generation in some regards blows my mind Mm -hmm. but in another regard it makes for boring games well the problem (laughs) the problem is like procedure generation doesn't doesn't actually solve the thing that we want out of uh video games or or frankly that as a tool which is we want the infinity of unimagined unexplored uh all possibilities out there in the world that's what we want that's what procedural generation promises but the problem is procedural generation will generate absolute nonsense most of the time unless they put a series of very prohibitive parameters around it and so because of that it ends up sort of generating 10 million of the same 
you know, like, and you can feel the mm-hmm. four or five search things that it's allowed to choose between, but it's never going to come up with a planet that's inside out, a thing that's like, I'd love to see what that is. Uh, or a Coruscant yeah. where it's entirely popular. It's never going to yeah. come up with that because it re- we don't trust the computer to make those kind of decisions and for them to turn out entertaining and interesting, you know? Oh, if we did let it build a Coruscant in the No Man's Sky engine, it would be gobbledygook. Right. Yeah, it, it, so you can't it, get That's away right. With so it. it can't be what we want it to be, which is an infinite intelligence that designs interestingly. We you know? want the computer to be a fully sentient AI that is a game designer right. that's following us right. making right. a cool game as we go. Right. Yeah. We want it to make interesting, <laughs> unique decisions, but by its nature, it's not supposed to. Uh, it's supposed well, to make these sort of blanket decisions that mm. approximate li- this kind of thing. Oh, it's a blighted planet. Okay, it looks like all the blighted planets. Okay, it's a paradise. It looks like the paradise planets. Um, it makes like 20, 20 unique decisions, but one, but if you do that over and over, they're no longer unique. They decisions. feel like the same, right? It, it, again, it was the same problem as uh, Returnal. Uh, Returnal is a game that is, has procedurally generated levels but they wanted it to be a triple A game, like at the highest like level. Right. So what did they do? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, it can decide between 50 things. So then after you've played mm-hmm. it, instead of a thousand, yeah, well, yeah. sure. But it wasn't really that many, like the rooms that sort of ended up being one of 50 in each area, you know, right. that's what I mean. They kept it. And it's small, like, yeah. it's like, okay, so all you really did was, uh, create 50 levels for me to memorize. And because it's procedurally generated, it's therefore more challenging. So I end up seeing them all pretty quickly, actually. Uh, and then I'm disappointed because I have an idea in my brain about what procedural generation is going to do, and it can't do it. Like, it's not possible for it to do it. And so I don't really think it's a great tool for level design so far. It might be a great tool for, like, populating a, a, des- a design world with stuff you don't have to look at. Like, for instance, I, imagine... Yeah. Oh, imagine like Simple art yeah, assets. Yeah, well, or like yeah. something like, okay, Madden football, you know, 3,000, right? where you're playing the football game, they've meticulously designed the football game, and there's procedurally generated crowd members doing things that make sense, and it creates every infinity of that, and the crowd starts to feel really lively because of that. Because we're not Mm -hmm. looking at them. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. That's also kind of what Dreams is in some regard, the gamification game that tries to gamify game design, which I know is a mouthful, but yeah, look into it. I'm not going to explain it, but like... (laughs) There's a central database, right? All the assets, people upload their assets and you can search LAMP and just get and download. So that's an interesting thought. I wanted to say, I think procedural generation, I agree. I think it's interesting how they they initially tried to tackle that tool through level design. And I think that's misguided. But where I do think it does work is story, which I didn't think would be where it worked, by which I mean not an AI writing the story, because I don't think we're there yet technologically, but case in point, Hades, meaning the story can be dispensed in a procedurally generated order or way. And then I just played this game that I don't think we'll ever cover, but I wanted to bring up at least once and this episode feels like the right time. Uh, Road 96, which is a game about um, politics and like Trumpism and fascism in America and trying to cross the border. But that's neither here nor there. The point is they take a bunch of Lego blocks, but the Lego blocks are basically resonant postcardy moments of story that speak to a theme, a central theme. And those can be dispensed in any order. And it's just like, it doesn't matter the order because it's like Pulp Fiction. You put it together in order in your head eventually. Uh, And it's really compelling to me to have 
procedural generation that dispenses pre-written units of stuff that is designed. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like a rapper who's freestyling, but they have some lines pre-written so that the rap won't be shitty. It's actually, it's actually more like if the, if the, if the AI was a train station operator and it decides what line of the train, like which train gets, but it wasn't writing the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which train gets through. Yeah. And there's, I think there's elements, uh, I think that help with no man's sky in that respect that for like playing this story through, uh, even though I do think there's something, uh, very lacking with the story, but in sort of what you're saying, we're like, there are these moments in the game that like, okay, you need to go to this kind of place, this kind of place you go here, find this. And each of those locations is based off of where you are. So you can play through this game, uh, five times and, every step of the story will be in like a different location or have these certain different environmental elements that do change. Um, so at least those like that, like that 10 hours of the game, it does still feel a little different. Yeah. But again, like once you do that many times, like, okay, it's an ice planet this time. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a, right. it's a, it's a, a hot a, planet, a barren planet this time. It's a hot, it's hot. Planet, whatever it is. And at that point, then it's like, okay, now I feel the the sort of just like the lack of interest. Yeah. So c- because well, because it, it all like- amounts to feeding coal to your hazard protection, and then your hazard is Correct. protected. It doesn't matter if it's poison exactly. or fire. Exactly. That's yeah. right. You got to add the thing to the other thing in the menu. Uh, Cody, I have a theory on why the story is unsatisfying, which I played as much of it as I could as I could this time. Mm-hmm. It's that infinite regression as I could stump mm-hmm. infinite regression is actually not a satisfying answer because it reduces reality, not expands it. It reduces mm-hmm. reality and it does it in a way that is uh that sort of actually kills curiosity instead of rewarding it. So it's like the opposite of the answer you want. Like infinite mm-hmm. regression is uh, and we talk about this sometimes on our multiple on our on our. It's anti-exploration. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like yes, don't bother is. going it's any direction. It's all roughly forever. the same. That's exactly. Yeah. It yes. tells it tells me that it's a game. Yes, that's right. Um, and it's all fake. So I don't want to play that game. I want to play a game that's real. I find a lot of that in in the world. Right. It's a real thing. Well, yeah. I find a lot of this is going to be maybe a little preachy. So forgive me. I find a lot of people who sort of lean into infinite regression as answers for things to often not be that curious about the thing that the answer, like that they're trying to answer by it. Like I find infinite regression sort of ends up being the stand in for not wanting to look into it further, you know, like not in every case, of course, but I find that a lot. And I think it, that's true here. Where like they're like this is as much as we want to look into this. So the answer is we're doing this over and over. We're looping it over and over. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Um. And like even if that was the truth of the universe, which like I really hope it isn't, but let's suppose that it is. I still think that uh we wouldn't want it to be the truth. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't we wouldn't accept yeah. it. Uh. And this game is actually promising the opposite. That's like what my problem was originally when I first when I did my first playthrough was like slowly realizing like oh. I'm interacting with ghosts and I'm a ghost and we're all just sort of like ghosts in this fake layer under another fake layer under another fake layer. So I don't have any drive or interest in going out and exploring more because I'm a you're, fake guy. You're tell- I'm Cody Johnston, a fake guy. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and so if I'm a fake guy playing this fake game as a fake guy, then like, why what am are we I- doing here? 
Yeah, and like, and like, you know, one could argue that like, there's an element of like, it's a waste of time to play video games in the same way. It's a waste of time to like any music to be around and like do do any any activity, absorb any absorb any art or whatever. But like, if you make the the premise of the game that it's fake and we're all ghosts, not really interacting with each other, then you're telling me that it extra doesn't matter, right? Like I'm wasting my time kind of playing this game because it's not just about exploration and this endless, like vast expanse of the universe. It's a vast nothingness is what you're saying. That's the it's thing. Vast yeah. Nothing. That's the yeah. thing. And like, I feel like that is a resonant theme for a space game, but what it really teaches me is that like, I think we really want endings. Like, I really think that we want games to have endings, even if we want to play the game forever. Like, uh, I think there's a reason why I can replay Red Dead 2, a game that is a very unique, specific experience, because it's not that it was over. Like it being over is not a problem. Like it being over is what gives the journey some meaning of it. And I think, nah, I don't. Ah, I like Tetris, it. I like that you're mad or about like, it. Like there's many infinitely replayable but not, toys not, that don't need to not end. when they're narrative. Not when they're narrative. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. But I'm saying that the thing oh, no, still totally. exists that is just a toy. Right. That you well, can that's do the, I think that's the uh, what we've sort of been circling around for uh, about this game is that it was never it was never meant to be the game that I think we all really wanted want. out of right. it. Um, like that that sort of open world narrative because it is like it it's yeah. not like open world, but like a narrative was never really part of the game. It was added later. You want to anyway. live in Star Wars Star Trek. Let's well, that's all. We want to be in Star Wars I think Star exploring, Trek. Man. I think Right. Like I would I want to I want to play uh GTA on Coruscant. And right, I want to have great. the ability to fly to Hoth and fly to other types of planets um and have it feel like this big expansive thing. Um but when it matters more. Well I, guess. I think it's I think um, it's really yeah. difficult to harness an ex- exploration game like not a survival game because survival mm. games have a built-in narrative right but an but an mm. exploration game which i think that was really the key ingredient here and not have a strong narrative backbone i think the act the act of exploration does require like it is a narrative act you know like and i think there's some people who like there's some games that get around it elden ring gets around it a little bit um but like in general i think this game whether it's whether it thought it was promising it or not, by promising you're going to be able to journey wherever you want, it's promising that you'll have a story, that you'll have mm-hmm. a story experience, uh, because like you'll have to make sense of your experience, which is what story is, and it didn't deli- it, the world wasn't big enough for that. Its world was not big enough for that. Um, and then it said the world was fake anyway. Right. So. Exactly. Right. So, and then, yeah, so I think we end up being unsatisfied. I still think it's an amazing achievement for the team, a a team of the size that this team is. 100%. And I mean, even the updates, like, I'm I'm curious, because I, every update they do, I'm like, you're so close. Yeah. Like, it it goes back to that, like, you're, you're making, you're making the pool wider, but you just need to dig, you need to dig deeper into the pool, please. Um, And they haven't quite gotten there. But every update, I'm like, yeah, add that. That's exactly one of one of the many things that's missing from this game. I don't know why um, they don't add simple Metroid gating. For example, it would be so easy and give you that at least one layer of depth if it's like, 
there's places on planets you can't get into because there's a crust crystal you can't destroy. And then when you smash all the shit together and you get a drill, now you can get in there. Mm-hmm. And there's something in there that you haven't seen right. before up to this right. point. You know, it's not that right. hard. Right. These sort of markers of like you're saying, progress, like, exploration, concrete. right. If you have it's like, oh, it's exploration and it's endless. And like everything is kind of basic and medium then the exploration and the journey isn't uh isn't exciting doesn't have that dynamic that you're talking about um but i am curious adam as somebody who has played this game when it came out yeah um, i don't even know if that version is still available i would be very interested to just like play like what is that even like but like uh you played 50 hours of that version and then after many updates of things that uh that i think did enhance the game experience uh did you find yourself like weirdly more bored uh, or frustrated in the new version or um, were there elements you're like, Oh, that, that is better. I do recognize that this is like an improvement to begin. It's a hundred percent better. Uh, there's no question. I think it's unfortunate for me that I played the original game because I think I just was like, like something in me switched off on it after that where it's like, yeah, you can add stuff, but it's not like you, you haven't fixed the thing that I wanted. And I think I've articulated what it what I wanted now better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah but I yeah, but like I can't say that like I can say every update made sense and was an improvement in that it added things I might be interested in doing. Um, and it just made things smoother and like you know run better and like so yeah it looks better. So yeah, I can't. Yeah. So like those are meaningful improvements. Um, and I can see why they won uh, a lot of their audience back. You know, and I don't think mm-hmm. that audience was duped or anything. I think that they had a genuine connection to it, and they deserve that audience. Um, it just never, it never satisfied what I wanted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. That's the thing. It's like there's it. It does feel like Michael. You said this. I think at the beginning. There's this sort of like it feels a little empty and lonely. Which again, I think was the intention originally. Yep. Like it's this empty universe. You're alone, and you just you get just go, just go. Um, but e- with all the layers they've added to make it not feel that way, it still does feel that way. Um, and actually, I think there's <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> what you think of this. I was thinking about the the mining you were saying was uh, was still fun and stuff. I find the mining element of it to be a little frustrating because and I don't even think Starfield will fix this problem. But there's something uh, very uh, tactile and like gameplay like about like in a minecraft game or like like rust or uh what seven days to die games like that where there is mining because it is uh not the future you're not using lasers you're using tools and so you hit the button every time you hit you hit the button it hits the axe hits the tree you hit the button the pickaxe hits the rock so there's this constant like active action that you're doing um to do the thing whereas with no man's sky and i assume like games like starfields like we'll hold the trigger down and the laser does the work that's interesting it doesn't feel it feels like it separates you from the world even more um, it also in my like yeah it also know. doesn't have the possibility of being a different item than you expected so like in minecraft mm. you 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 hit with the pickaxe it might be a uh it might be like a lump of coal or it might be a gold nugget or whatever you know what i mean whereas it's always always the the thing you're mining like with the laser like it so there's no surprise it's just a tedious chore uh and i think that makes it pretty different 
uh i think it's yeah before although well my so in minecraft it does like the blocks look like the thing they're going to be okay it's just like more variety uh whereas like so like with no man's sky is like oh that's a rock yeah i'm gonna get ferrite dust out of that because yeah, that's a, what it's gonna rock. be right um whereas with minecraft it's like oh that's like that's that's cobblestone or that stone with gold in it i know i'm gonna get this out of this okay um interesting and I, I don't know i think just like the the block element of it makes it more um, tactile more engaging and more yeah more tactile more uh just the option it seems like there are more options uh in terms of the building of it mm. weirdly interesting even though the graphics are much simpler and it is basically pixel art you're ma- you're making pixel art the entire game um it's just 3d pixel art but uh there's something about uh speaking of seven days to die the building mechanic in seven days to die is block based mm. not like um like no man's sky or rust where it's like you got a wall this is a, this is what the walls look like um, that's interesting uh well yeah. we're gonna take another short break uh, where we launch off to yet another planet, the planet called Keeper Delete, and uh, see what we discover on the other side of these ads. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. And we're back. Uh, hey, it's the same planet. It's exactly the same planet. Only this one's green. Mm. Only this one's green. Ooh. Oh, the Dr. Soyce trees <laughs> are taller here. Sometimes like one out of like one out of 50 planets has an incredible mix of foliage. It's like, wow, this is really cool yep. looking. Uh, and I want to give him some credit for that, too. Like once in a while, it's oh, totally. I've Even after hours of playing, sometimes I'll land at a place and be like, yeah, this look, this is really yeah, cool. Looking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so they do, they do nail it. 
like the elements do come together in surprising ways once in a while. Um, and that's pretty rad. So, hey, Swaymo, uh, I think we're ready to pass mm. our final checkpoint into keep or delete. You agree? Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. I feel like we got wrapped up in kind of uh, dunking on it in different ways. And now we're out of time. And I, so I'm like, oh no, but I want to say as quickly as I can sure. that I strongly disagree with all the big points that Cody just brought up on the other side of the break. And I wish we'd gotten there sooner so we could have discussed it in more detail, but I'm not a big Minecraft guy. I like the mining in this way better. Oh. I think it's incredibly satisfying hmm. because the ore deposits are so shiny and they float up and they go into your backpack. Hmm. Like I love oh. it. I thought scanning stuff in exchange for units was incredibly compulsively addictive. Um, and I thought as far as menus go and it being all menu driven, hell yeah. But like, I like games like alchemy and doodle God that are literally only menus. These icons, I cannot stress how clean and nice the design is, how good the icons look. These are some of the best menus around. That's true. And there used to be games that were just texts that were super mm. involving yeah. and gauging. So I just wanted to give a last burst of like, but good vibes around <laughs> and the stuff I liked about No Man's Sky. Um, well, you're clearly not alone. I'm listening to us, and I'm worried that we're being. I feel like we're being sourpuss. I don't think so. Uh, I, I I think we're being fair to the game. I I mean, but also sure. you're clearly not alone because it has a huge audience that was willing to endure uh, mm -hmm. all these updates. So, like, I'm not here to say that that taste is wrong or bad. I'm just saying I don't like that. That's not fun for me, which I've been consistent about. <laughs> I've been consistent about that for five years now. I feel the same way about Fallout, yeah. which has more interactivity. But I think if you're not bothered by that, and there's a huge swath of gamers out there who won't be, this is your jam, man. If you haven't tried well, it, I like the, give it a shot. I didn't want to downplay that those detailed elements of the loops can be satisfying and fun. I was very excited when I got my new ship and moments like that. There are good moments throughout. Um, anyway, I'll delete it. <laughs> you're going to delete it? I'm surprised by that. I think ultimately it's a a misguided early attempt experiment in procedural generation, but I don't think it's the perfect use of procedural generation. And I think the industry will evolve and find better uses of procedural generation. And I'm sort of waiting for that. That makes sense. Cody. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I would, um, I would push back on, uh, early Cody as well in regards to what <laughs> you were talking about. Like, I do think that like, I'm saying I prefer the Minecraft of it all. Cause I love that game mm -hmm. until the end of time. Um, but, uh, like you're saying like, yeah, i sometimes I find like an incredible ship. I'm like, I thank God I got enough credits to buy that ship. Now it's mine. Now I'm going to fly it around. And it does create this. It's Minecraft extra, uh, extra couple of hours, right? Like every once in a while there's this thing that happens like, Oh, now I can play this for a couple more hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. and cause to be clear. And I think, <laughs> I think that I have been too down on the game because of, uh, because I think that the potential is there and I want like, I love the idea of this wide pool being deeper. I would love to yeah. dive in um, to a version of this game that just isn't there yet. And I don't know if this particular game can ever get there because of what it was originally intending to be versus what it's trying to uh, bring its audience up to now. Um, but I also put like, I don't know, 100 hours into the game. So obviously I enjoy playing it. Right. Um, That's right. Uh, because it is. And one reason I play Minecraft uh, is because it is meditative. Um, so I can still hop into this game and get some relaxing 
flying around space out of it. So in regard to that, I would keep it. Um, and uh, I <laughs> oh would maybe reserve uh, a final opinion until Starfield comes out because maybe that's like just a much better version. Yeah. Um, but I I admire I do admire the game uh quite a bit, uh, especially its comeback, and I will still probably pop into it every once in a while. Yeah, A for effort, great model of supporting a game afterwards and bouncing back from people not liking your game, but going mm-hmm. like, no, yeah. no, we're going to win you back. Yeah. And they did. Admirable. And like, man, that rules. Like, again, for an indie studio, these guys deserve a lot of uh, a lot of applause for number one, trying something like this. Like, mm-hmm. this is a game. They, they were right. We want the game they wanted to make, I think. Um, yes. Or we want the game that they promised. Maybe not the one they're trying to make, but the one they promised. We want it. They're right. And the fact that they stuck around and gave so many free updates and made it right so that the game is actually satisfying to the audience that stuck around is like, that's a lot of goodwill, man. And I, you guys deserve to make another shot at it. I hope you do. I wouldn't mind a No Man's Sky 2. I'd be, I would play it. You know, like, uh, mm. so that tells you I don't hate this. I just don't, it's just not for me. But, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's disappointing because I do think they promised things they didn't deliver. Um, but I still think good for them like fully endorse this project i am so hopeful that starfield is finally the game we're looking for i'm so hopeful that finally the the version of exploration i want which i gotta be honest with you is is personal and by personal i mean i want to encounter people and stories and have emotional experiences out there and i have a little bit of that with no man's sky because there's something emotional about taking off and like seeing the space and like seeing the galaxy and um, encountering strange creatures and stuff. There is something emotional about that, and they got that right. But without people in it, without characters that are interesting to interact with, without story and the ability to change the universe, like fundamentally change it with my behavior, uh, I'm not satisfied. So I'm hoping, I hope we get that game. Um, I'm going to delete this, but with respect and with love for the guys who made it, um, and I hope Starfield is finally that game. That's right. Let's all get our hopes way, way up. up. Just like way we did for No Man's up. Sky. Yeah. And we'll, well see think, how that goes. I do think it speaks to, I mean, the, star, the Starfield of it all kind of speaks to what a lot of stuff we've been talking about where it's like, no, it's real. It's a real thing. Uh, you're not, yeah, it's not this just expansive thing where like it's populated by ghosts. They're, they wrote characters <laughs> that you can return to and go back to and then open up the world. That's what I want to see. A yep. very like uh like here's the story here are the places you go to here's here's the world that we made for you, and then you beat the game and now you can stay right and do your little you can play poker with whoever right or, or like go on shootout whatever it is you know right. that's that's what I I need I yeah I think I'm okay with my infinite space game having an end like I like I yes, I actually yeah. am okay with that and this game showed me that like I'm okay with no no it can be fifty planets or whatever it is and like I can live with mm-hmm. it as long as I had a good time. You know, um, yeah, that's really it. Mike, anything else you want to add? Nah, just so you can find all the other podcasts Adam and I are involved in. And Cody is there sometimes as well. (laughs) Once in a while. Sometimes, Mm. sometimes not even Mm. as himself. Mm. Uh, Over, that's at a place over, uh, over at a place called Small Beans, um, which you can find by pointing your podcasting device at the words Small Beans or heading to patreon.com slash smallbeans, where you can find the exclusive paywalled content like Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, and select episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours. Don't know what those things are? Investigate. Explore the world around you, dummy. Find things out. (laughs) 
and then pay us for them. Uh, that's all I got. So, Thanks for listening. If you just care about video games, stay tuned to One Upsmanship. Oh, wait, Cody, where can people find you online? <laughs> On the internet.com. Mm. Um, yeah, my name, is Cody, my name is Cody Johnston. I've got uh, social media, usually under Dr. Mr. Cody. And a show called Some More News on YouTube, also as a podcast, and then another podcast called Even More News. We have a patreon.com slash some more news, and those are, I'm pretty sure, the things. Also, my band, The Hot Shapes. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we might have an uh, EP available. Oh, shit. For nice. listening. That rules. That's fun. It will. The Hot That's fun. The shapes. Hot Shapes. I like that. That's fun. Work complete. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.